Season's greetings, happy holidays, and have a happy new year from the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition. You know, thank you, Jimmy T, Chris Sams, Jeff Lipman, Michael Jargo, Steve Pena, Chabelo Veracruz, 8-Track Black, and I hope I didn't leave anybody out, but the PWC family. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Homeboy 88 Podcast. Happy holidays, everybody. You're listening to a Homeboy 88 production. I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated So when hip-hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, complicated Cause I grab the mic and try to say yes, y'all, they try to take it And say that I'm too small, cool, cause I don't get upset I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet Don't sweat the technique Sweat the technique. Let's trace the hits and check the file. Let's see who bit the dial, check the style. I flip the script so it can't get filed. At least not now, it'll take a while. I change the pace to complete the beat. I drop the bass to MCs get weak. For every road they trace, it's a scar they keep. Cause when I speak, they freak the sweat the technique. Select the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child then you're gonna be named another enemy not even a friend of me cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing cause i just put your mind on pause and i can and now all the way from beautiful southern california he is the man of a million voices None other than your host, here he is, Homeboy 88! I really can't stay, baby, it's cold outside. Gotta go away, baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been 
Whatever. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Homeboy 88 Podcast. Man, haven't done this fucking shit in a long time. And yeah, it's December and it's fucking cold outside, man. Yeah, it. you know what? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Christmas time. And I got to say, man, I, I'm not the Grinch, but Christmas time in December is the hardest month for me out of the year. And man. I know you guys have watched The Grinch from Jim Carrey, but he's fucking right. He's right. Listen, it's all about gifts. Is that what it's all about? Gifts. You know where your gifts end up? In the garbage. In the garbage! (laughs) I mean, that's right, man. I mean, listen, people, some people, they overdo with the fucking gifts. I don't know what the hell is going on. More and more packages are delivered through UPS, FedEx, the mail, DHL. And by the way, I'm glad I'm not a DHL driver because red and yellow uniforms? What the fuck? I like Hulkamania and all that shit and McDonald's, but that is the shittiest fucking uniform I have. <laughs> it just is, okay? And what the fuck is this elf on a shelf bullshit? What kind of bullshit is this, all right? A little memito on a shelf, you know? Uh, might as well have that on the shelf and, you know, he wind him up and he sings, That the wicked witch is mostly dead. Right? I mean, come on, what the fuck, man? I had a, I was gonna deliver an elf on the fucking shelf, right? And this lady makes me pull up like, Two houses down and says, no, 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 we can't uh, have you deliver it because it's an elf on the shelf. And I got to put it in my car. The kid's waiting for the elf on the- It just has to appear on a fuck. Listen, just here's your fucking package. <laughs> okay. Here's your package. I'm going to throw it on the fucking, like I'm porching and like I'm a paper boy back in the days and shit. I'm sick of this shit. Okay. It's so many packages. God damn, I am the fucking Grinch. But anyways, man, today was super, super cold, man. I was freezing, man. And before you guys get upset, okay, I live in hot as fuck Southern California. So when it gets 55 degrees, like today, and a little rainy, I'm fucking cold, all right? I'm not used to it. And uh, people are coughing and sneezing and shit. And by the way... Hey, when when somebody sneezes, okay, and they people say, Ah, oh, God bless you, or bless you, or even gesundheit, whatever the fuck that means, right? I mean, that's polite, that's awesome. But have you noticed when people cough, nobody says a fucking word. Nothing. No sympathy, no nothing, you know what I'm saying? Some people get mad and shit when you cough. Cover your fucking mouth, you filthy animal. Or, or they give it the evil eye. They give it the side stare. You know, the side stare. They just, some people are really good at that shit. You know what I'm saying? The side stare. Yeah, man. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't get it. So let's get this straight. Sneezing, which gets all over the place, and it's gross and everything. Oh, that gets sympathy. But coughing, oh, that's too much. Coughing is like the redheaded stepchild. You know, no offense. To redhead people. But, I mean, 
Is that kind of like being prejudiced towards coughing? I don't know. I think so. So the next time somebody sneezes, yeah, sure. Tell them bless you. You know, of course. But some when somebody coughs, ask them like, are you okay? I mean, it should be that, right? I mean, don't be prejudiced. Don't be prejudiced, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but back to the weather, man. Uh, I have a friend up in uh, Lake of the Woods, uh, uh, Ontario, Canada, way in the fuck up there. And I, I was texting him and uh, DG Mass Effect, and I said, man, I was freezing today. It was 55-degree weather now. I was, you know, I just wanted to see his response, <laughs> to be honest with you. And he's like, hey, it's minus 13 here, you dick. <laughs> he's, you know what, he's got a point. But you know what, <laughs> Chris Ams, how in the fuck does anybody live and work in that kind of weather? I couldn't do it, man. I can't even comprehend it. Your house better be like 1950s prices and shit. Because that's just too cold, man. What the fuck, man? Who are you, fucking Chilly Willy the Penguin? I'm Chilly Willy the Penguin. I'm frozen through and through. My head is hot and my feet are cold. And what about the crocodiles that swim the river now? I bet they're always warm as toast, they always seem to smile. I'm chilling with the penguin, I'm frozen through and through. My head is hot and my feet are cold. Ah, We're taking it back, singing them little songs. <laughs> you know, I've been doing that since like episode two and shit. But man, you know, if you're in cold weather, I guess you do need that big ass beard and the hockey hair, you know. I, I don't want that shit, you know. I have my hair nice and short, you know, simple, you know. I actually uh, cut my own hair. I use a four or a three, you know, if I'm feeling, you know, frisky and shit. But usually a four. And just keep it nice and short so I can slick it back, you know. And I don't go to the barbers anymore, you know, because of COVID and because of other things. But when I used to go to the barber, I used to be a professional haircut like guy sitting there you know and I would just sit there like a fucking statue because you know what when I grew up man my grandpa it's all because of my grandpa my grandpa cut all of our hair me my cousins my uncles everybody he used to be a a barber in Mexico so uh, you know there was two cuts well two hairstyles that I had as a kid fucking Bruce Lee or Bruce Lee with a fucking haircut. <laughs> you know? This is before I slicked it back, you know, and uh, threw the hairnet and combed it with the goddamn, the hand comb. Remember the hand comb? You would put on your hand and shit. <laughs> Anyways, man, you know, my mom would say, hey, your grandpa's waiting for you. And I told him that uh, you're going for your haircut. Man, I would freak out. I gotta be honest with you. I would stress and try to get out of it. You know, I don't need a haircut right now. Listen, my grandpa was awesome, man. But he was also real tough, strict, and he he had no patience for nonsense, boy. <laughs> and, man, I'd get there, and he'd tell me to sit down in the barber chair. And he had, a, he had a barber chair right there on his patio in the sun. It didn't matter. Cold, whatever. Whatever it was, you're going to sit there. He's going to put the, the nice white, you know, the the cloth over you and everything. He has everything set up, his scissors, uh, the comb, a little spray, whatever. And, man, 
If you moved, all right, he would flick your ear with a comb, bro. <laughs> no te mueves. Don't move, you know what I'm saying? I'd say? And man, I could still hear the scissors, man. He'd go, I mean, that, that was his signature move, guys. You know what I'm saying? And then he'd throw me off. He'd say, like in Spanish, muevete la cabeza para la izquierda. And by the way, as a kid, I really didn't know Spanish. So, izquierda, which is left. <laughs> man, I would be like, what? And then he'd get he'd get frustrated and just grab my head and like move it, bro, like straight up. You know what I'm saying? Or lean forward to the right, man. I was a professional, bro. By the end of that, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you right now. But anyways, listen, little kids, if you guys are listening to my podcast right now, okay? I gotta tell you something. I got a secret. I'm fucking Santa Claus, okay? I'm going to your house during Christmas time, Christmas Eve even and shit, you know, sometimes. And I'm delivering the fucking packages. There is no goddamn Santa, right? I'm Santa Claus, and that's about it, you know? Hey, call me an asshole. Right, right into me, you know what I'm saying? Send me a message. I don't give a fuck. I'm grouchy. I'm working fucking... 13, 14 hour days, all right? Everybody, you know what? Keep ordering this fucking shit. <laughs> it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. Anyways, uh, you know, coming up right now on uh, Hip Hop 101, we're going to discuss one of the greatest MCs to ever do it. His name is Rakim. And I think I did an episode about him. I'm not sure. But, you know, he deserves fucking two because I didn't do it right the first time. So, you know, everybody, what time it is. And now it's time for Hip Hop 101, son. This is a journey into sound. is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value. With all is ready, I throw this switch. Pump up the volume, pump up the volume. Pump that bass. William Michael Griffin Jr., better known as the Aura, Rakim Allah, the Microphone Fiend, and one of the greatest MCs for hip-hop back in the early days of hip-hop and even today. Man, if I made a Mount Rushmore for hip-hop MCs, uh, he would be on it, you know, no matter, you know, the MCs that are on it today or back in the day, Rakim is in it, man. He's fucking cemented in that Mount Rushmore. And I already made a Hip Hop 101 somewhere on Eric B and Rakim. But you know what? This guy deserves a redo. I kind of rushed that episode. 
So, you know, here it goes. I recently heard his audiobook that is narrated by himself. You know, the legendary rapper Rakim. And I said, you know what? Now I'm going to do a redo. Uh, no more rush shit. Uh, I know, you know, the angle I'm going to go for for this guy. Rakim grew up in Long Island and was raised in a structured home with working parents and siblings. As a child, him and his brother and sister would perform in the living room for company and he would love the reaction he got after he performed. So as a young boy, he wanted to get a better reaction than, than his brothers and sisters, you know, so he would perform his ass off and this way he could outshine his older brother and his, and his older sister. Already at five years old, he had a confidence and presence about him uh, for performing anything this guy did, okay? He shined at doing. There was one story where his older brother played the saxophone for high school and stuff like that. And when his brother left to go hang out with his friends, whatever, Rakim would sneak in, grab the saxophone, and start playing. And, you know, he remembered how his brother would do the notes and everything. And he that's called playing by ear. And he taught himself how to play the sax. And one day, he was uh, playing the saxophone. And he broke the reed. You know, the reed is, uh, you know, on the mouthpiece. And he freaked out and he just put it back in the room. And when his brother, you know, he found the broken reed, he actually went after him, right? He's like, did you break my reed? Did you break my reed? And his mom stepped in and said, don't be upset with them because this guy can actually play the fucking sax. Maybe as good as you can. And the brother was like, bullshit, you know what I'm saying? So he's like, okay. And he gave him the instrument and said, show me. And little Rakim got that saxophone and he blew his brother away, man. He was like, you know, Wow, he was impressed, you know, and this is what I love about the, the stories about this, is that he had a really cool family, you know, instead of getting upset, he heard him play, and he said, you know what, I'm going to teach you more, you know, you're on the right path, you know, I'm I'm very impressed, so that was a great thing, built up his confidence even more, you know, it just seemed that this guy was great at everything. You know, there's certain people that are like that. He was actually the star quarterback for his high school football team. And there's a story that once it was raining, right? It was raining, it was coming down. So he was like, there's not going to be a fucking game, you know? There's no way there's going to be a game. So he was chilling at his house and everything. His dad gets home from work. And his dad's all, why aren't you at the game, son? He's like, what are you talking about? They're playing right now. I just passed by the school. They're playing right now. Get your gear on and let's go. And he's like, oh, shit. So he gets, you know, everything ready, even in the truck or whatever. They're on the way to the game. Gets suited up. He gets there, and uh, it's about to be halftime, and his coach is pissed as shit, man. They're losing 14-0. to He's like, coach, put me in. He's like, oh, man. Don't worry about it, man, that you're late because, you know what, you're not going to play this fucking game, basically, to punish him. And, you know, they go into halftime, and his whole teammates, like, his whole teammates were like, if he doesn't play, 
we're not playing. We're going to forfeit the game. So he's like, all right, all right. So he, <clears throat> he tells him, don't ever pull that shit again. He lets him start after the half. And what happens? First fucking play. He fakes a pass. He sees an opening and he runs it for a touchdown. I mean, two more plays. He fucking passes for two more touchdowns. They win the game. This guy. This fucking guy, man. So he was going to get a scholarship to play football in college. He was that good, guys. And you know what? Here's where it gets into hip-hop. So Rakim loved hip-hop. And he liked to rhyme. And just like anything he did, right? Whether it was the saxophone, whether it was fucking being a thug in the street. Unfortunately, man, that shit's true. Whether it was football or rhyming, he put his all into it. 100%, you know? And he wanted to be the best at everything. So, he would battle any MC at his school or any school, you know, around there. And he fucking prided himself of being the best MC. Nobody could beat him, you know? And um, he got a scholarship to play football. And he had an idea. He thought, I don't want to battle everybody at the college, man. I want to focus on my studies and football. I don't have time for that shit. So you know what he did? He made a two-hour tape of him rhyming to instrumentals and beats. All right? Just... Two fucking hours. Each side filled up on the fucking Max Hell cassette. No joke. And, um, you know, he gave it to his friends. They're listening to it. They passed it around. They dubbed it. More people dubbed it. And it was just like a, a, a cool thing. He was going to take it to college and just say, here, here, I'm the best. Here, here it is right here. Here's fucking proof. I don't want to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, man, this fucking guy. Well, you know what? That's not what happened because one of his buddies came over to a, to his house with Eric B. You know what I'm saying? And Eric B. at the time was a radio DJ. And um, he's like, you know what, man? I want to do an album with the best MCs on Long Island or New York or whatever. It was kind of like, it was going to be like, um, Timbaland, Timbaland did that, you know, uh, way later. It was going to have all his instrumentals, all his beats and scratching and shit. And then he would have the best MCs on it, rhyming over it. So he's like, come to my house. My roommate, Marley Marl, no shit, Marley fucking Marl. He has a home studio. We're going to make two songs and, uh, you know, and, and put it on my album. He's like, fuck, Marley Marl. Sure enough, he goes over there, right? And the two songs he makes is Eric B. for President and the fucking classic, My Melody. Check out my 
my melody, hand out a cigar. I'm letting knowledge be born, and my name's the R. AKI am not like the rest of them, I'm not on the list. That's what I'm saying, I drop lines like a scientist. My melody's in the cold, but every next episode has the mic off and distorting, ready to explode. I keep the mic at Fahrenheit, freedom seeds and make them cooler. The listener's system is kicking like solar. As I memorize, advertise like a poet, keep you going when the flow is smooth enough. You know it's rough, that's why the mural on my story I tell a B. Nobody beats the R. Check out my melody. My melody was on that tape, those rhymes. No joke. Uh, the ones he was going to take to college and shit. But when he was rhyming and his rhyme style, you know, his his smooth, mellowed out flow, Marley Marl would just stop the tape and go, you got to get more hyped up than that, man. You got to get more fucking emphasis in it. You you got to bring something more than this uh, this lazy <laughs> rhyme flow that you're doing. But Rakim's like, nah, this is how I do it. And each take was the same. Okay, maybe a little little bit more hyped up. Marley Maul gets, you know, frustrated. He leaves. He's like, I can't deal with this guy. This guy not listening to me, man. I've been in the fucking business. But he told Eric B, this is how I rhyme. I have something in my mind how I want to do it. I want to be clear. I want to be loud. But I want to be sound like fucking cool, you know, like ice cold. You know what I'm saying? That's my fucking flow. And that's it. You know what? I'm going to play football. If you guys don't want me here, if you guys don't like my, my style, hey, I'll leave. No big fucking deal. They finished up the two songs. You know what? And uh, what happens? Those two songs were huge hits on the radio. I, I love it how, you know, somebody hears their stuff on the radio. Apparently, somebody pulled up, right? Bumping uh, my melody. And uh, <laughs> he was like, he went up to the guy in the car and he goes, Yo, motherfucker, where'd you get that shit, man? He th- he thought the guy stole that, you know, from from uh, Eric B or somebody, man. He was pissed off. He said he was going to fuck him up. And the guy's like, what are you talking about, dude? This is on the fucking radio right now. I didn't steal shit. And he was like, no way. So he runs home and he turns on the radio and, you know, hey, my song's on the radio, you know. And, I mean, from there, it just, you know, kept getting better and better for him. I mean, Rakim was still in high school. He was like 17 at the time. And those songs, you know, caught fire. And so Eric B. was like, you know what? People are asking us. We got to go on tour, man. We got to go on tour right fucking now. And um, so he told his parents, you know what? They're telling me I have to go on tour, but that means I'm going to have to probably drop out of school. I don't know what I should do. And his mom was very upset. They don't want him to be a high school dropout, you know? His father, who knew the music industry, said, you know what, son? You got to strike while the iron is hot. You got to go. You got to go on tour. This could be a, a chance you will never get again. So he convinced his mother, I mean, the father convinced his wife, let him go, you know. And so at 17 years old, he goes on tour, travels the world. And after that, I mean, he does, uh, you know, the album Paid in Full. I mean, this guy was just on his way, right? 
<clears throat> but the thing about Rakim is that, and ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say this. I love the journey. When I do Hip Hop 101, I love the journey they take. And this is really an in-depth journey of how we became this way. And Rakim, like I said, yo, he wanted to be the best MC in his school and surrounding schools. Well, now he wanted to be the best MC in the fucking world. Okay? So every song he did, he crafted, right? He said, you know what? I want to be the best lyricist. I don't want anybody to touch me. He put thought and effort into his rhymes, his rhyme schemes. He created a lot of things that people hadn't done. Okay? And he took pride. He took pride in his work, his art. And by the way, the only two guys at around that time that he didn't think was garbage was Big Daddy Kane and Cool G Rap. At that time, everybody else, they weren't on his fucking level. EPMD was from uh, Long Island, and for some reason, he didn't like EPMD. He dissed them in one of his songs and shit. <laughs> no joke, man. I ain't no joke. No pun intended. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. I shouldn't stop here, but you know what? If you want to listen, and if you're a big, huge hip-hop head and a fan and everything check out his book it's an audio book Rakim he reads it himself it's called Sweat the Technique it's great from beginning to end it's it's beautiful it's awesome man I enjoyed every second of it but you know the last time I did a show on Rakim Eric B and Rakim I didn't understand why he didn't finish the album with Dr. Dre let's just jump ahead fuck it well, it was Dr. Dre's fault. Apparently, he was in Los Angeles waiting for Dr. Dre to work on his album here and there. Three fucking years in Los Angeles. Dre was busy with True Thirds. He was busy with this artist, that artist, doing this and that. In the meantime, Rakim was, was doing a bunch of songs with Aftermath. But, you know, that album... He had a lot of creative differences. Dr. Dre wanted him to make a fucking gangster album. Rakim was older. He said, I don't want to do that kind of album. I want to do, you know, a more intellectual, in-depth album. And you know what? They split. They said, you know what? It didn't work out. We're going to go off separate ways. But come on, Dre. You blew it. And actually, I would have loved to hear a Rakim fucking gangster album, to be honest with you. And at the end of this episode right here, I'll put on one of the songs that, you know, it, it's a dope-ass song from the 8 Mile soundtrack. And if the whole album would have been like that, it would have been fucking fire. But, oh well, what can you do, you know? Honestly, my final thoughts on Rakim is that, as an MC, he's way up there, obviously. He's on my Mount Rushmore. He was the first, really, to do complex verses he was the first, really, to do a lot of different kind of rhyme schemes. He has so many quotables, one-liners, as uh, my homeboy Chris Sam says. And when he spits, it's clear, it's precise, loud, and it's memorable, and just plain dope. So without Rakim, there's no MCs, there's no lyricists like Eminem, and which, by the way, Rakim has said he holds Eminem 
in the highest regard as a lyricist. So, in other words, everybody, Rakim Allah, he ain't no fucking joke. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Homeboy 88 Podcast. I'm out, ladies and gentlemen. You know, um, hope you, hopefully you're listening to me on Spotify. Check the links down below. You know, you could uh, donate a dollar. You could send me a voice message if you want. And uh, thank you very much. I'm out. And here's uh, Rakim with R-A-K-I-M, motherfuckers. Peace out. How I do it, hey. Allah who I praise to the fullest, hey. Keep it moving, I stand alone, hey. It's my crown, my world, my throne, uh. Rugged and rough, that's how I do it, hey. Allah who I praise to the fullest, hey. Keep it moving, I stand alone, hey. It's my crown, my hey, world, yo, we're rocking my law attack. It's a rap, y'all, yeah. relax, the almanac. Uh. Just show me where the party's at. Seminars and tracks, horse comas and cardiacs. Bras and cats screaming, oh my god, he's back. Just imagine, uh. I hit the Lab and get it cracking. A thousand styles and one verse rhythms and switch patterns. Yeah. Chicks get stabbed in the back till they get spasm. Uh-huh. Known to spit a magnum or spit a atom. Who would have known that Jesus would come back to the ghetto on that level and that barrel like a black arrow and pack metal? So rap rebels and backpedal the barrel with five barrels and take over the rap level. Getting bizarre. Hardcore, this is for y'all. The crib of the park. Playing when you get in the car. Chill at the bar. Sip something or split a cigar. Get with your dog for being alone. This king is the ball. It's the hard. Rubbing it rough, that's how I do it. Hey, Allah who I praise to the fullest. Hey, keep it moving, I stand alone. M. It's my crown, my world, my throne. Uh, Rubbing it rough, that's how I do it. Hey, Allah who I praise to the fullest. Hey, keep it moving, I stand alone. M. It's my crown, my Yo, world, my I used throne. to paint this flow on ancient scrolls and learn to make this dough with gangsters roll. Think like the late great Capone where the bank is closed. It's cast that claim they bold, but they ain't this cold. I'm from New York City, even pretty chicks act up. Niggas get clapped up, you stack up, they stick that up. Quick to strap up, you think my name was Kid Back Up. Big niggas, you pick that up or lift that up. Raised by gangsters and gamblers, hustlers, con artists and convicts, killers and dons, drug dealers, players and pimps, smooth talkers, stick up kids, dogs, real niggas and guards. Haunted by every soul that laid dead in the turf. Cursed by every spirit that never made it to birth. Since the moon separated from earth, that's why they say I'm the greatest that ever orchestrated. The first, it's the all Rubbing it rough, that's how I do it hey. Allah who I praise to the fullest hey. Keep it moving, I stand alone M. It's my crown, my world, my throne uh. Rubbing it rough, that's how I do it hey. Allah who I praise to the fullest hey. Keep it moving, I stand alone M. It's my crown, my hey, yo. world, my throne Toast to that, uh. it's the cat that broke back to a soul clap yeah. A smoker track, I dope his dad, pope a rap Wrote backs that most slack that no back before they Turn coke to crack to my dogs having sirens on and firearms. Out come dying walls are behind iron bars. The boulevard with tire frogs when I evolve. Try and rob my dialogue. I am God. Chicks moan just to get next to my throne and sniff my cologne and get rock alone. Sex pots at home. I'm testosterone. Caress by stress drops. Bed rocks the bone. Hit the floors. High for 2003. It's galore. Who rocks a style as wild as me? Rest assured. When I rock dance, crowds are scream, bitch, my I rock mine out with a hand, it's the all. Rubbing it rough, that's how I do it. Hey, Allah, who I praise to the fullest. Hey, keep it moving, I stand alone. M. It's my crown, my world, my throne. Uh, rubbing it rough, that's how I do it. Hey, Allah, who I praise to the fullest. Hey, keep it moving, I stand alone. M. It's my crown, my world, my throne. Uh,
stand alone. It's my crown.